Welcome to today's episode of the Exploratory Journey, and today I'm joined by Mary Bonzer, who is the CEO and co-founder of Flex Legal. And in this episode, we'll be speaking about everything from disrupting the legal industry and the evolution of legal work and skills to diversity in the industry and how to improve it. Hi and welcome to another Exploratory Journey episode and today I'm joined by Mary who is the founder and CEO of Flex Legal. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure, thank you so much for having me. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more about yourself to start with and maybe what you do at Flex Legal? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is I was a lawyer. Um, I qualified and and did property litigation for two and a half years before founding Flex. So um, as many of you listening might know, I I saw a real gap in the market between students who really want to get work experience but don't have any work experience. So how do you get your work experience and that kind of chicken and egg scenario. So um, as I when I then qualified, my firm was next to a law school. I'd see all these students outside my window and always thought, I need help now. Where's that technology piece which can connect people super quickly? So so that's that's the um, problem we were trying to solve. And that was now five and a half years ago. So met my co-founder and um, and off we went. So Flex Legal's a platform which connects uh, GCs and in-house legal teams and law firms to paralegals and now lawyers on a flexible basis. That's super interesting and exciting. And, you know, those five years must have been a huge journey for you, having, I guess, gone through the whole structured route of training and, you know, on path to being a lawyer and then becoming a lawyer and then, you know, taking a step, taking a step out of the legal world in a traditional sense anyway, and going on to do what you do now. But building a company, especially one trying to disrupt an industry like law, which is, you know, highly traditional, there's lots of regulation behind it, you have to kind of meet requirements to even qualify, um, must have been difficult. What have been the biggest challenges um, as part of kind of building up Flex and how did you kind of overcome them? Yeah, so the first challenge was almost kind of self-confidence. So it took me probably five or six years to really have faith that the idea would work and I probably in hindsight should have left a bit earlier and and got going with it but you know I needed I needed to prove the concept to myself and um and needed to raise some money uh because I didn't have a lot of savings so that was a big challenge at the beginning to really kind of get it going um other challenges were we then didn't raise huge amounts of money we raised 120k to get going and so we didn't want to spend lots of money on marketing or legal fees or things which you would think you need when you start out <laughs> so instead you know we just we grew very organically and i remember having a debate with my co-founder about whether we should spe- go to a law firm and spend 20k and get it get all our, le- our t's and c's yeah. sort of drafted and he said absolutely not we'll draft them ourselves we'll send them to law <laughs> firms as potential clients and then they'll come back with amends so you, know, you, you learn as you go and, and that's the great fun of it um another challenge was very nearly running out of money so as we grew um and began to scale we suddenly had 
a, a, a close to crunch point where we grew too quickly and we wouldn't have been able to pay people. Luckily, yeah. we sorted it out, but that was a huge um, learning curve. And now we're always very on top of finances, um, kind of ever since, really. Um, so that's that's been a challenge. Other challenges. I mean, there's always a challenge, which yeah. is always the fun. And when one plate stops spinning, another one does. Exactly. Um, and and I think that's you know, as a as a founder and entrepreneur, you've got to expect that and and enjoy that and um and not get too kind of run down or demotivated by it. Yeah, but I guess as you say, it's the exciting thing because you're always learning, you're always kind of developing both personally and professionally, which is which is great because sometimes that's something a lot of lawyers say is they get to a point in their career where they feel like they're not developing any further. They just keep doing the same old, same old thing. Um, but that also leads me on to kind of my next question in terms of the changes in terms of legal roles in the industry, because a lot of lawyers are leaving the traditional path, especially solicitors, but also barristers. Um, and there are a lot of other roles coming up, be it in legal technology or be it kind of in operations. Um, where do you see kind of the biggest changes and increased demand in terms of roles being in the next few years? And have you seen that kind of filter through to your platform? Yeah, so it's it's really beginning to, and I, I think it's fascinating, you know, five and a half years ago, it was just the traditional paralegal we were asked for. And now it's, it's more, it's more than that, it's legal operations or legal analysts or um, legal technologists, as you said, so the kind of legal world is is growing in all sorts of different directions which is so fun because it means you should be able to find a role that plays to your strengths and um, where I see a huge kind of where I think it will go even more is is data you know as yeah. as lawyers become more on top of their data and can look at data how does that drive decisions how does that drive efficiency how does that drive profit that's all becoming part of parcel of being a good lawyer in-house and in, in private practice yeah. so as a as a kind of law student you know skills like excel and actually really understanding business phrases and um business books and what a, what a balance sheet is what profit and a profit and loss account is you know all those things I think are going to become more and more important and um, I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on kind of skills a bit later on, but in terms of kind of like um, the changes in terms of flexibility and the and roles, um, that's something which has kind of come up a lot recently. A lot of law firms are now starting to offer kind of flexible work on a more regular basis to lawyers who don't necessarily want to be employed full time by the law firm and want to do something else. And, you know, both Simmons and Simmons and Alan Lovery have their own kind of little projects with which do that. But, um, you know, Flex Legal does that in a way because you provide flexible or you um, connect candidates to provide flexible kind of advice and support to law firms, in-house teams, as you say. But five years ago, that was probably not the case. Did you did you see that kind of initial pushback from law firms who kind of just wanted that full time candidate to come on them for at least six months or so? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's definitely changed and kind of time periods have become shorter. So it, it I mean, at the paralegal end, you've always had document review paralegal requests, which might be a, a, a couple of weeks or a month-long project so yeah. I don't think what we were doing 
it wasn't a new idea it was just the way we were doing it and using our technology which was the kind of new piece um but over the past five years and as we've branched into lawyers it could be you know I just need a lawyer to review these t's and c's so it can be it's so much more ad hoc and actually one of my favorite lawyers on our on our books is um is an actor in EastEnders so he he comes that's and works so cool. and flex yeah, and then goes off and does his acting. And, you know, and uh, that's just so great, isn't it? You can now really immerse yourself in the hobbies and the things you love, but also make sure you're earning an income yeah. to kind of be able to um, keep those hobbies up. And I guess having that balance is key to, you know, a lot of people's professional and personal success today. And it may, people may have not seen that um, as kind of their end goal a few years ago. Um, And I think what you're doing is um, such a great, such a great thing, but something which people have criticized a lot about the legal industry is kind of diversity and inclusion and making the industry more open um, to people from all backgrounds Um, and it's an issue which is being dealt with and uh, there have been a lot of initiatives which is great over the past few years but how does Flex Legal aim to kind of tackle and improve this and kind of support access and inclusivity to the profession? Yeah, so it's a great question and one I'm particularly passionate about. And actually, um, so we have just launched a flex trainee scheme, which is a social mobility initiative. And the way it works is we recruit candidates through charities and we then put them in house and they will qualify via the SQE route um, doing studying their SQE alongside working um, and using the apprenticeship levy to pay for the uh, courses so it's um it's, it's it's very new we had our, our first six trainees placed uh in from october in in companies like vodafone and asos and the phoenix group we've got 10 more signed up for um april and then we want to grow and expand and we've got kind of ambitions to to keep doing that so that's very um that's where i see a huge ability to help with social mobility and diversity is um, through through this new SQE option. Um, But, you know, it's not going to, we need more and more people to be doing these things because the more we can all do it, the more that change is likely to happen. Whereas I still feel, I still feel like there's a lot of talk rather than a lot of action. But it's definitely interesting to see how, you know, you've leveraged the SQE because it probably wasn't, you wouldn't be able to do that with the LPC back in the day. Um, and that's also really exciting because I guess for the trainees themselves, do they, do they get to rotate between companies? Um, because I guess that gives them a much more varied experience than just being in one law firm for two years. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So they will, um, they'll move between companies. And the, the great thing about the SQE is the flexibility. So you, you can study and work at the same time, whereas um, you could do part-time LPCs, but you would still have to then wait and go and get your training contract. Yeah. So your paralegal work wouldn't count. Whereas this new SQE route, you know, once you've got your two years of QWE, you can do that alongside doing your Q, um, SQE courses and, and then qualify. So it's uh, it's a fantastic, and, and it's a lot cheaper. So it's a fantastic chance. It, it depends actually which provider you go with, but some with some providers, it's it's a lot cheaper. So, you know, again, it makes it more accessible to many more people. Which is great. Um, but in terms of kind of 
you know, your career, it's been very varied. As you mentioned at the start, you've gone from kind of being a lawyer to founding this company, which has grown to, you know, huge heights. I know I know people who are now law students, third-year law students, um, using the platform, which is incredible. Um, and I was wondering, what do you think has been kind of your biggest career highlight so far? Yeah, that's a great question. Do you know what? I get a warm and fuzzy feeling when I get those thank you emails or Flex gets those thank you emails from students. And I've, you know, when you when you hear these amazing stories and you help someone who thoroughly deserves it and they come back and say, thank you so much, you've changed my life. I was, you know, I had no contacts in England. I had two kids and there was no, I wasn't getting anywhere with work experience. I've now yeah. today got a training contract. And you know, for me, that's that's what it's all about. And if you just look at the stats, there's 35,000 students for 5,000 training contract bases. You know, so much talent was being missed. Yeah. And the more we can do. And, and that's why I'm, again, a big fan of the SQE, because I think so. there's so many deserving people who are perfectly qualified to be lawyers, but they were just getting stuck because of the system. And on that kind of note, on in terms of the system, do you think the system of recruiting, you know, junior talent needs to kind of change? Because, you know, for so many years, you know, especially for law firms in particular, they go through very stringent application processes. You need to meet very certain requirements. But at not all the time those requirements are reflective of a person and kind of of their ability to actually practice the law um and do you, do you think that law firms need to be open to letting in trainees and even in-house teams for that matter letting in trainees who want to train with them but who may have not kind of you know hit the certain grades at A level or got a 2-1 or have done these certain modules or have got, you know, this amount of legal work experience, whatever it is. Um, and do you think they really need to find ways to evaluate the candidates more as a person rather than through what some people view as kind of a checklist exercise just to narrow down candidates? Yeah, I think, um, I think it, you know, I think it's getting a lot better. And I think lots of firms have their set set application processes and have probably done a lot of research around it so you know there are um there are ways to test certain skills with certain questions I guess being a lawyer is hard you know it's yeah. it, it's it academically be. hard and it's stressful and um so you need to have a, a good process which just makes sure that the right people who are entering the profession can do it but as you said you know only allowing 5,000 people through law firms just seems so ridiculous when there were so many students coming through. And that's why I get, you know, that's why I think things like the SQE, the new process, and, and in, you know, more and more in-house teams are hiring more juniors as well. So there's that route. Um, there's other routes of legal technology training contracts now with some firms where you could pay to your strength. So I think, um, I think it's opening up a lot. And my one piece of advice would be always look to what you what are your genuine strengths. Go and do a Gallup Strengths Finder. Find out what your strengths are because if you can do a job which plays to your strengths, you'll do it really well. Yeah. Um, and, and an example of that is, you know, when I started my training contract application process, I was applying for all the big city firms, but I really did not enjoy reading the FT or or doing 
um, big deals or you know, understanding yeah. that's why I was applying for them just at, was just because that's the only path I saw whereas now in hindsight I'm like no wonder I didn't get anywhere because naturally I don't enjoy that type of um, yeah. kind of work so you know whereas employment law or family or the more personal side mm-hmm. I really do love and did eventually get a training contract in a firm like that so you know I think just be really honest with yourself over what do you actually enjoy and and then go down find a firm that, that fits or in-house or company or um, other role. And I guess that's the really exciting thing because there's so many more roles opening up um, and there's so many more in-house teams willing to train lawyers from the get-go um, but that was great advice. And I guess you touched on skills a bit earlier. Um, and though the skills lawyers need are changing a little bit. Of course, you need kind of the technical understanding and that's always gonna be there. But more and more, a lot of law firms are saying, um, trainees, junior lawyers ought to be able to understand, for instance, technology in, in a more in-depth kind of way. Um, and do you see that, that, or do you think there are certain skills which law firms are now looking for which they may have not looked for in in as much demand a few years ago and are you seeing certain kind of job postings on or uh, being advertised which kind of you know highlight those skills yeah so there's a huge demand at the moment for kind of project management skills and as you said technology skills and and that's it or, or um analytical skills and that's only going to grow because as we get better and more savvy with our data understanding what to do with that data and use that data is going to become a key part so so yes I do I do see that I also think um you know you have to you just have to look at things like the o-shaped lawyer and there's a there's an emphasis on soft skills too you know being a good lawyer yes of course you need to know the technical stuff but you now have the amazing internet to find most answers so actually it's the other skills you know how can, can you be empathetic can you are you curious yeah. can you go away and look into things can you take your use your initiative you know all those things are just as important so I think those are very valuable and I think it's really important in your applications or um, interviews to show those skills as well and do you have any advice for um for kind of students for you know people applying for kind of roles in terms of kind of showcasing the skills and experience they have because some people have built up some great experience but they're not always good at good at kind of being able to you know articulate that across to whatever employer it is um yeah that's it's it's a great question so I would I would say go and do a real kind of self-evaluation and look at your past experiences go and do a strengths finder Gallup strengths finder it's called and look at what your top strengths are and then think about that and think about how have I actually used these strengths and my skills in the jobs that I've done and you will always be able to do it you know whether you've worked in a shop or been um worked in a restaurant or, or you know, whatever role it is the skills are very transferable so it's just about spelling it out to people yeah and and I think giving examples always give an example of how you use that skill or where it's come from so in interviews I always ask people to to give me kind of proper examples so you know I'm great at communicating but how why when yeah. tell me you know so so that's what I would say is like make it bring it bring it back to you and make it relatable to your experience and yeah back it up with examples is great um and I always um wonder because 
lawyers always give very different pieces of pieces of advice to aspiring lawyers because they've all had very unique journeys to get to where they are if there's like one big piece of advice you could give yourself when you are applying to training contracts um and that you would give to kind of aspiring lawyers today those looking to get into the industry what would that be would be don't give up and you know you have so many setbacks and actually those setbacks aren't you know every setback there's a learning from it um and if you can get a feedback as to why and see that feedback as a bit of a gift and how can I improve then you will you will you generally will get there it's really funny kind of feedback or making mistakes or um because I think people are so scared of it when actually yeah. I, I think if you seek it out and even some people are very bad at giving good feedback but even if someone gives you feedback in a terrible way there's probably an inkling of truth in it and if you can take the truth and think actually that's useful and I'm really upset because it was delivered terribly but it was a really you know there's a few useful points in there and just keep growing and and don't give up and trying to improve yourself you will get there and yeah resilience is key especially in such a highly competitive industry like law um, but as you say, there's so many opportunities out there and you're just one of many um, who are able to kind of support aspiring lawyers in finding their best way into the industry, which is amazing. Um, but to finish off, I, I always ask everyone I interview this question because I find it so fascinating. But what motivates and inspires you? Uh, so I am motivated by kind of having a purpose. And so for me, it's it's really about working or founding a company that does good. And, you know, as I said earlier, I get the biggest kick. My biggest kick is when I know it's 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 helped change someone's yeah. career. Um, and I think that's becoming more and more important in terms of future generations is working for companies and places that have a have a good purpose. And um, so that that's what is, is very important to me and keeps me motivated each day, because to be honest, in the in the recruitment world, you're always going to have those terrible days where someone's let you down or yeah. Um, yeah, a client's cross because it's not, you know, and actually you've just got to be like with bigger picture. Think of all the people we've helped and, you know, and this is just part of the journey. You're not always going to have the great days. You're going to have bad days along, along it as well and it's and it's all just a learning experience and that's that's great to end off the podcast thank you so much for coming on to the podcast it was lovely chatting it was fascinating to hear how you've kind of you know your career path and um has been kind of like a little bit more unconventional compared to most who start in the law um, but the work you're doing is super incredible so if anyone listening is an aspiring lawyer and looking do check out flex legal i'm sure they can provide some support if they're the right fit for you but thank you so much not at all and yeah anyone listening i'm always happy to have a chat review your cv and try and um, help you get to where you want to get to Thank you for listening to The Exploratory Journey, and I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to follow all our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn to stay up to date with our future episodes.